0: Welcome to episode 61 of the podcast. This is Darla, and this is going to be a solo episode with just me. And I say every week, Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited. And really, I do get so excited to record these episodes and to interview people and to share um, what's in my heart with you. So thank you so much for being here. Before I dive into the content that I have for you today, I wanted to share a review that I received on iTunes. I don't usually do this, but um I appreciate reviews on iTunes so so much. Um and so let me read this one. Um the handle for this person is Grandpa Cowboy and it said I love and appreciate so much the time and attention Darla dedicates to this great podcast. I always look forward to the new episodes and feel inspired and uplifted after listening. She and her guests do such a wonderful job of inviting the spirit and helping me to learn the things that I need to learn, to know I am not alone, and to know Heavenly Father is my partner in motherhood. Thank you so much, Darla. I don't know who Grandpa Cowboy is, but thank you so much for leaving a review. And if you haven't left a review for the podcast and that you've gained something from listening, I hope that you will go to iTunes. It's the little purple icon on if you have an iPhone. And just click on that and go and leave a review. If you need some directions on how to do that, I have a highlight on my Instagram account. Really, reviews help the podcast so much. And I just love hearing the ways that the podcast is helping you. So thank you to all of you who have left reviews. And if you haven't yet, I would love for you to do that. Today's episode is going to be based off of a devotional that I prepared for girls camp. I went to girls camp a few weeks ago and I even went on Instagram before I left and asked for some input and I was kind of going in the wrong direction and the input that I got on Instagram really helped me to course correct and figure out what I wanted to share with the young women of my state and the theme that I was talking about was the still small voice and so I I thought that I would just adapt that content and share it with you on the podcast today as a solo episode. Because this content was originally put together by me as a devotional, it is meant to be interactive. And as I thought about how I could record this and share it on the podcast, I thought it might be a good resource for you to not only use it in your own life and, and help you deepen your understanding about the still small voice in your own life, but it might be something that you could share with older, your older children or if you teach young women, you might be able to use parts of this and feel free to do that. But it is meant to be a devotional and I've adapted it to be a podcast. So just keep that in mind. You're going to have to reference the show notes a little bit to get some of the scriptures and things like that. But I still think that you will gain a lot from hearing this. So let's dive in. So to start out, I want to share some of the words of Elder Dieter F. Uchtdorf. I love Elder Uchtdorf. He tells the best stories. This was shared at a BYU devotional in January of this year, and I will link that up in the show notes if you would like to go and listen to the whole devotional, but he talked about the still small voice, and he shared this story. So I'm going to read the story. I wish I could share with you his his voice and his words, but I'm just going to read this to you. I think that you're really going to enjoy this story and what he is trying to illustrate about the still small voice. So here is Elder Ukdorf's words. On January 12, 2007, a man dressed in jeans and a t-shirt walked into a Washington, D.C. subway station, pulled a violin from its case, and began to play. He put his soul into the performance, sometimes pounding his bow against the strings, sometimes gently caressing them to bring out soft and sorrowful tones. As he played, more than a 1,000 commuters passed through the train station on their way to work. They had busy days ahead of them, lists of things to do, worries, and troubles. Their minds were occupied with everyday trivial things, like where and what to eat for lunch, how their favorite sports team was doing, or whether anyone would notice their new glasses. Some undoubtedly were wrestling with greater problems, a challenging health diagnosis, relationships that were unraveling, financial loss, or some other pressing anxiety. In short, these people were people like you and me, unwrapping the gift of a new day, even the gift of a brand new year, but consumed with the trivial and tragic, the petty and profound. Did they notice the musician, or was the man with the violin merely part of the impressionistic blur that shaded the all-too-familiar backdrop of their daily lives? Okay, so I want to pause here for just a second and set the scene. Have you ever been in a busy subway station? I have. I've been in Washington, D.C. in the subway. I've been in New York City. And if you've been there to any subway station anywhere around the world, you know it's crazy. There's lots of things going on. And so imagine that you're seeing, you're in this busy subway station and you're seeing a man who's dressed in jeans, just normal everyday wear, and he pulls out a violin. Okay, so I'm just setting the stage for the rest of Elder Uchtdorf's words. So here's what he said next. What these commuters did not know was that this musician was no ordinary violinist. He was playing no ordinary instruments, and he was playing no ordinary music. The man's name was Joshua Bell, one of the most accomplished musicians in the world. The violin he played was handcrafted in 1713 by Antonio Stradivari, and Joshua Bell had purchased it a few years earlier for an estimated $3.5 million. And the music he played was some of the most challenging and beautiful ever composed. Now this whole experience in the subway station had been set up by a journalist from the Washington Post who was curious to know what would happen if a world-class musician gave an anonymous, virtuoso performance in the walkways of an ordinary subway station. Would people recognize the sublime music played by a brilliant artist on an unparalleled instrument? Or would they ignore him? Would they throw a coin or two into his open violin case and walk by? Some people at the Washington Post worry that the experiment will cause a traffic control nightmare at the station with hundreds of people crowding around to listen. Okay, so let me pause Elder Uchtdorf's words here again. And we've we've set the scene. We're in a crowded subway station. You see this violinist, you know, how many people are going to really are going to stop and hear this beautiful music played on one of the best violins in the world by one of the best performers. So I want you to kind of make a guess in your mind right now. You know, what what happened? How many people do you think stopped to hear Joshua Bell play? And actually, I did find a video on YouTube of exactly what happened. It was the live footage of Joshua Bell playing. It's just a, a short, like two and a half minute portion of that. So if you go to the show notes, you can actually view that and see exactly what happened. But because I can't insert a video into a podcast... I'm going to go back to Elder Uchtdorf's story and tell you what happened. But if you do want to see it for yourself, go to the show notes at spirituallymindedmom.com. Or you can you should be able to click on it right in your, in your podcast app and see that. Okay, so back to Elder Uchtdorf's words and see if your guess is correct about what happened. Of the nearly 1,100 people who passed by Joshua Bell during his 45-minute performance, only seven people stopped what they were doing to hang around and take in the performance at least for a minute. One person who had passed within four feet of Joshua Bell later could not recall that he had even seen a musician on his way to work. As it turns out, this man had been wearing earbuds, listening to a favorite rock song on his personal playlist. Ironically, the lyrics of the song were about failing to see the beauty right before your eyes. Okay, so was your prediction right? Only seven people stopped out of 1,100 to hear a world-renowned violinist playing An amazing instrument and some of the hardest music in the world. Only seven people stopped to take time to hear that in that crowded subway station. And Elder Uchtdorf likens this story to listening to the still small voice in our own lives. So let me resume how he ended this story in his talk. Elder Uchtdorf said, We sometimes get so caught up in the grind of everyday life that we fail to recognize the sublime voice of the Spirit and disregard the profound and beautiful message our loving Heavenly Father imparts to us through His messengers. This experiment can prompt us to look inside our hearts and ask, Can I hear the music of the Spirit? Can we hear the gentle call of our beloved Savior who invites us to come and follow Him? Do we hear His voice? Or is life too rushed, too busy or burdened, too filled with a thousand daily things that demand our attention? My beloved brothers and sisters, my dear friends, I testify that our loving Father in heaven is reaching out to you. The Savior is speaking to you. Come, follow me. In every hour of the day and throughout the night, he communicates through the divine music of the Spirit. Can you hear it? And that is the end of Elder Uchtdorf's words. I really loved this story and the message that he shared because we all are so busy. We live in a crazy world with lots of distractions and lots of things to take us away from the Spirit. If Satan can distract us as as mothers and as women in the gospel, boy is he going to do it. He does not want us to hear the music of the Spirit and to hear what the Holy Ghost has has to say to us. The next thing I want to do is share some scriptures with you about what the still small voice sounds like. The first scripture is in 1 Kings 19:11 through 12, and this is let me set the stage for this scripture. Elijah is hearing the voice of the Lord as he's hiding because he's been warned that Jezebel wants to kill him. And this is again 1 Kings 19:11 through 12. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains, and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in an earthquake. And after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire a still small voice. So Elijah learns that that the Lord is not in these big things that are happening, but it's just in a still small voice. Another example comes from the Book of Mormon in third Nephi eleven three. And the Nephites have just gone through great destruction, and they hear of hear God's voice introducing the Savior who's coming down to meet them. And it came to pass that while they were thus conversing one with another, they heard a voice as if it came out of heaven, and they cast their eyes round about, for they understood not the voice which they heard, and it was not a harsh voice. Neither was it a loud voice, nevertheless, and notwithstanding it being a small voice, it pierced them that did hear to the center, insomuch that there was no part of their frame that it did not cause to quake. Yea, it pierced them to their very soul, and it caused their hearts to burn. So think about that scripture, and and we can even go back and know that the people had to hear the voice three times before they even understood it. It wasn't some loud and booming you know, voice coming across on a microphone, you know, it says it wasn't harsh, it wasn't loud, but that it was a small voice, but it, and it pierced them. It was something that they felt. And then Helaman chapter five, verse 30. And in this scripture, the great missionaries, Nephi and Lehi are in prison and there's a fire, fire encircling them. The earth is shaking and the people around them hear a voice. And this is what happened. And it came to pass when they heard this voice and beheld that it was not a voice of thunder, neither was it a voice of great tumultuous noise, but behold, it was a still voice of perfect mildness, as if it had been a whisper, and it appears even to the very soul. So I think these scriptures really paint the picture of what the still small voice is like. It's not loud, it's not harsh. It's small. It's something that we feel. And I think that it's really important to understand how we feel the Spirit, because there is not one way to feel the Spirit. You might feel it in multiple ways, but you might not feel it the same way that your neighbor feels it, or your sister, or your, your best friend, or your husband. One of the things that I've talked about a lot on the podcast is how to figure out how the Spirit speaks to you, because like I said, it's not the same for everyone. If you go back to my five-part series that I did about how to be more spiritually minded, I had one episode that was dealing totally with how to figure out how you feel the Spirit. And that episode was 44, Use God as a Guide. And I'll link that up in the show notes. But basically, um, there's a principle that goes along with that episode where you can download it. It comes from Preach My Gospel, and it lists 28 different sets of scriptures with different that each illustrate a different way that you might feel the Spirit. And then you have the opportunity to read those scriptures, to ponder on it, and then to write, whether that's a way that you feel the Spirit or not. And it might be, and it might not be, because we are all different. So I'll link that up in the show notes. But for today's purposes, I just pulled out nine different ways that we might fill the Spirit. I'm going to read those nine ways, and there's also a scripture reference that goes along with each one. I'm not going to take the time to read the whole scripture to you, but I will link it up in the show notes. So if you want to go to the show notes and look at look at those nine ways and read the scriptures that go along with them, you can do that. But I will tell you the reference um, as I read them. And this might also be a great exercise to go through with your family, with your kids, to help them learn to recognize the Spirit. So you can use this portion of, of this episode to do that. Okay, so the first one is feelings of love, joy, peace, Patience, goodness, faith, and meekness. And the scripture that goes along with it is Galatians 5 22 through 23. The second one is Have you ever had thoughts that occupy the mind or press on your feelings? And this one is found in Doctrine and Covenants 128 1. The next one is a desire to do good and obey the commandments. Have you ever just felt that inside of you? You just wanted to do what was right? The scripture that goes along with that one is found in Mosiah chapter 5, verse 2. Another one is a feeling that something is right. Have you ever just known that something was right? That's in Doctrine and Covenants 9, verse 8. Another way that you might feel the Spirit is with feelings of comfort. And you can look up more about that in John 14, 26. Another one is feelings that enlarge your soul and that's found in Alma 32:28. Next is thoughts that enlighten your understanding. Have you ever just felt like you understood something a little bit better that is the spirit helping you to know and increasing your understanding and that can be you can read more about that in Alma 32:28. Another one is a hunger for more truth. Have you ever just wanted to know more wanted to know more of God's truth? that is also found in Alma 32 verse 28. And finally, the last one that I have for you is feeling constrained, which is another way of saying encouraged, to take an action, or restrained, which is another way of saying held back from doing something. So if you ever felt encouraged to take action, or have you ever felt held back from doing something, that is the Spirit working in you and that still small voice. You can read more about that in 1 Nephi 7:15 and also in 2 Nephi 32:7. And I'll link up all those scriptures in the show notes. So, another thing that I've talked a lot about is President Nelson's conference address that he gave in 2018 called Revelation for the Church, Revelation for Our Lives. And we hear this quoted all the time, but I'm going to share it again. I've quoted it a lot, too. This is what President Nelson said in that talk. In coming days, it will not be possible to survive spiritually without the guiding, directing, comforting, and constant influence of the Holy Ghost. I had a point in my life where I really learned about why we need the constant influence of the Holy Ghost and what it was like to not have it. So several summers ago, I was feeling really overwhelmed by my life, I I was working a lot, I had my kids in all kinds of activities, I was running around all day, and it was really hot outside, and I just kind of wanted to zone out, and so I would go in my bedroom and I would watch Netflix, and there was one particular show that I kind of got addicted to, And it wasn't like a super bad show. I wouldn't even say that it was rated R or anything like that. But I was addicted to it. And the content wasn't the best. And day after day, I was watching this Netflix. And I was leaving my kids, you know, in the other room. I was coming in my bedroom, shutting the door and watching Netflix. And over a period of a few months, I started to feel... Different and like I was just not in tune with Heavenly Father anymore, and I finally realized that it was because I was not putting my place myself in a place where I could feel His Spirit. And this Netflix show was totally desensitizing me from having the influence of the Holy Ghost in my life, and so I had to take a course correction and I had to just stop watching it and get to a back to a place, and it took me several months to get back to a place where I was feeling the spirit more fully in my life again. And fast forward a couple of years and I was watching another show on, I think it was on Netflix. And it is a show that I had watched the first season. And then I started, I was excited that the second season had come out and it had been a great show. There had been nothing bad in it. And I was, it was historical fiction and I was loving it. And then one day I'm watching an episode and they threw in this scene that was terrible. It's one of the worst things that I've ever seen on TV before. And I immediately turned the TV off and thought, oh, that, why did they have to do that? That was so terrible. And what I recognized at that point was that I could never go back to finish watching that show, even though every other episode, I had probably watched 10 or 12 episodes of this show. And they had all been very appropriate and, you know, nothing wrong. And then they had thrown this one thing in. And I knew from my previous experience that I couldn't go back to that show because I didn't want to lose the spirit in my life. And so I stopped watching it and I have not gone back and watched any other episodes because I felt like I couldn't trust it. I didn't know what they were going to throw in there and I didn't want to lose the spirit. So that was an experience from my life where I learned about having how important it is to have the Holy Ghost and to eliminate distractions and the things that are keeping us from having it. Now, I want you to take some time and what, think about the things in your life that are keeping you from hearing the still small voice in your life. What are the distractions? And then I want you to think about how can you eliminate those distractions? Now, at this point in my devotional at the at girls camp, I had two girls come up and I told them that I was going to have them read something and to look for clues of in what they were about to read, for everyone to look for clues in how they can eliminate distractions to hear the still small voice. So as I read these two different passages, remember that you just want to look for clues of how you can eliminate distractions to hear the still small voice. Oh God, the Eternal Father, we ask Thee in the name of Thy Son, Jesus Christ, to bless and sanctify this bread to the souls of all those who partake of it, that they may eat in remembrance of the body of thy Son, and witness unto thee, O God, the Eternal Father, that they are willing to take upon them the name of thy Son, and always remember him, and keep his commandments which he has given them, that they may always have his Spirit to be with them. Amen. And then here's the second one. O God, the Eternal Father, we ask thee in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, to bless and sanctify this water to the souls of all those who drink of it, that they may do it in remembrance of the blood of thy Son, which was shed for them, that they may witness unto thee, O God, the Eternal Father, that they do always remember him, that they may have his Spirit to be with them. Amen. You've probably heard these prayers hundreds of times throughout your life. And hopefully, you're hearing them every week when you partake of the sacrament at sacrament meeting. You can look up these prayers anytime in the scriptures. I looked them up in Doctrine and Covenants, section 20, but you can also find them in Moroni chapter 5 and chapter 6. In those verses of the sacrament prayers, Heavenly Father gives us some answers about how we can hear the still small voice in our life and eliminate distractions. In the prayer on the bread, He tells us that we can take upon the name of Christ and always remember him, and keep his commandments. And then he gives us a great promise. And the thing that I love about this promise is that he says the word always. He says that we will always have his spirit to be with us. And that goes back to the quote that Elder, or I'm sorry, the quote that President Nelson gave in that conference talk, that we want to have We won't be able to survive spiritually without the constant companionship of the Holy Ghost. We get the promise there from God in the the sacrament prayer, in that covenant that we renew every week. The word always. We can always have his spirit to be with us. I looked up the word always in the dictionary, and this was the definition that the dictionary gives. At all times, forever, at any rate, in any event. Then the dictionary listed the synonyms to the word always. As you listen to these words, think about how they relate to your relationship with the Holy Ghost. Consistently, constantly, continually, ever, forever, incessantly, invariably, night and day, perpetually, unfailing. So like I said before, we hear this promise every week as we take the sacrament. Always have his spirit to be with them. This is an absolute promise. God is unchanging, and He doesn't say, sometimes or when I feel like it, He says always. So, my challenge to you with this episode this week, I'm inviting you to take some time to pray and to ponder and ask Heavenly Father what you can do to eliminate the distractions that are keeping you from hearing the still small voice. Um, And I've talked about this before a lot too, but later in that same talk that I referenced before with President Nilsson, he said this, does God really want to speak to you? Yes. He has made a promise to you that he will allow you to have his spirit to be with you always. You can do the things in your life that will help you to have that promise be fulfilled. I know that Heavenly Father loves us and that he wants to help us and that the still small voice of the Holy Ghost is a gift that he has given to help us return to him. I hope this episode has been helpful for you. It was really helpful for me in preparing it, and I am striving even more to have the Holy Ghost to be with me. And I hope that you will do that too, because when we have him with us, there's nothing that we can't do. We can accomplish the purposes of God in our life. Remember, you can find all the resources, the links, that I used in this episode at the show notes at spirituallymindedmom.com. And I hope you'll join me next week. I'm sharing a listener call-in show, talking all about how we can continue to have the spirit in our lives, even when everyone in our home doesn't believe the same way that we do. I got some great responses from several listeners, and I'm really excited to share those. So I'll see you next week.